May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours this day in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from the Gospel reading. Let us pray. Dearest Jesus, we enter your presence today. Help us to know who you are and what you have done for us and what you continue to do in us. And may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. Dear friends, there is no doubt that the person who has been depicted in art the most throughout the centuries is Jesus. We have seen pictures of Jesus, haven't we? We've seen it in Bibles, in Bible storybooks, all of them radically different in how they portray him. Some of the art masters have tried. Rembrandt's Jesus is very human and a lot of light and shadow. El Greco's Jesus is pretty striking, a, a lean, maybe a little bit more wild uh, and demanding Jesus. The artist Angelico portrays him as very sweet and almost angelic. There is Jesus, the good shepherd, who is uh, loving and smiling and caring and, and holding a lamb or maybe even carrying a child in his arms. There are paintings of Jesus from different people groups around the world who, who try to portray him in their image, uh, trying to connect a commonality with their Savior. There's the Jesus that's a judge with a dark and severe expression that's sitting on a throne, staring as if he could see right through us. And without a doubt, the person who has been written the most about is Jesus as well. Libraries are filled with books about Jesus. Almost every book gives us a different picture of Jesus. Some try to define, others try to redefine who Jesus is. Uh, to mention a few, H.S. Romarius from the early 1700s contended that Jesus wasn't divine, but just a Jewish revolutionary figure who died a sort of a disappointing failure. Says that his disciples stole his body, made up a story about him being the Redeemer. Then Paul came along and spread the lie that was swallowed by the gullible world. Ernest Renan, uh, mid-1800s, presented a more romantic uh, picture of Jesus, namely that he was this strange, sweet-spirited poet that walked about Galilee teaching about morality and won the hearts of many people, but boy, he fell into the hands of the temple authorities. There's David Strauss from the mid-1800s said the Gospels were not true and that the miracle stories were just myths. Famous Albert Schweitzer, early 1900s, portrayed Jesus as a prophet who was just disappointed that God didn't step in, in the world, work justice, set things right. And really, some of the books today springboard off of all these different theories about Jesus. In both art and in literature, there are lots of images of Jesus. So many ideas about what kind of person Jesus was. So, so who's right? The search for the historical Jesus, Jesus as he was known back then in Palestine, has just led to a lot of confusion and futility. What is important is who is Jesus today? In the gospel reading, Jesus has this casual question to his disciples, 
who do people say that I am? And, and the replies come right back because they obviously have heard the theories. Well, some say John the baptizer, some say Elijah, they believe that Elijah would return. Others say Jeremiah, Jeremiah was a prophet of, of gloom and doom or, or some other prophet. People had, had eyewitnessed Jesus' miracles. They were listening carefully when he taught about the kingdom of God. They, they heard him harshly speak last weekend to the Canaanite woman. People witnessed what kind of person that he was. Now people were guessing. They were guessing about this man from Nazareth, about who he really is. But Jesus wasn't really bothered by what others thought of him. But he really got to the point about his disciples. And he asked, what about you? Who do you say that I am? Now that question is just as relevant today as it was over 2,000 years ago. I was reading an article, it was back in 1993. It was a Christian rock magazine that uh, had an interview with a, a drummer of a popular Christian metal band at the time, a guy by the name of Mike Portnoy. And the interviewer asked, who do you think that Jesus Christ is? And the reports of this drummer sort of leans back and laughs and he says, well, uh, and that's a question for Kev, one another member of the band. Uh, and he says, he's got a really strong outlook on that question. He, he says, I, I tend to go with the general consensus that, that, that Jesus is God or was God or whatever. I'm, I'm not really a religious person, but I do believe in God. Uh, I believe in Jesus Christ. And to be honest, I've never been a religious person. So that's another question that I really can't answer from the bottom of my heart. Now, he might be an exceptional drummer, but unfortunately he expresses what many people think about Jesus. Well, Jesus is God or, or, or was God or, or whatever, but that's not something I can answer from the bottom of my heart. Meaning, I, I think Jesus was a real person, but he has no effect in my life today. What makes it even more confusing for people is the growth of other religions within not just the United States, but in the whole world. And all claim to have the truth. As a result, we have people saying that, that all the religions are true, or all religions are heading in the same direction. All religions talk about peace and harmony. Uh, if you're a, a, a Buddhist, a Hindu, a Sikh, a Muslim, a Taoist, a, a Jew or a Christian, it really doesn't matter. They all proclaim good living. They all talk about love toward others, members of your family and your friends. You know, a pastor once told a story about a student who went to, uh, to a university chaplain. I asked him to explain the differences between Christianity and Judaism because she was in love with a Jewish student and they were thinking about getting married and so they had a long conversation. They talked about worship, they talked about rituals and festivals, they talked about customs and traditions and prayer and even God himself. And finally she asked the question, she says, well when it comes down to it, what is the one thing that makes Christians Christian? And the pastor replied, well the one thing that makes us who we are is who Jesus is. Jesus Christ is Christianity. 
Other faiths have love. Other faiths have beliefs about good and what is true. But Christianity has Jesus, the Savior. In him we have forgiveness and life and salvation. My friends, we believe. We believe that God came in the flesh. We believe that the way God saves us is through Jesus. We believe that this Jewish uh, carpenter son who was born and lived briefly, died violently in his 30s and rose from the dead is truly God. God who has brought us forgiveness and hope and eternal life. We believe that we have met God. We have met God in Jesus. We, along with Peter, confess, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. But Christianity is more than just knowing biblical facts. It's more than knowing the teachings of the church or, or memorizing Bible verses or even Luther's small catechism. It's more than doing good things for others. It is about that relationship, isn't it? The relationship between God and us. You know, the story is similar. It's not just the Lutheran church. It happens in all uh, Christian churches. You, you grow up and you learn some things about Jesus. You may even confess your faith in God. But it seems that after a while, what, what you learn didn't quite connect with you. And it didn't make a difference in your life. And so you, you sort of go and wander. You wander through life, you, not knowing what to believe. But then it is sometime later, you become aware of what Jesus is all about. God's spirit works in you and you see Jesus for who he is. You draw closer to him. You want to you want to know more about him. You want to grow in faith and in love. You want to share that joy with your family and with others. I read a, it was a story about a, a man that seemed to be just sort of biding, biding his time in church service, sort of looking at his watch every now and then in order to keep himself from uh, falling asleep during the sermon. And I, and I know that never happens here, right? Uh, he, he didn't know what the preacher was rattling on about, but it was in the middle of this boredom somewhere that there was one sentence that caught his attention. That one sentence grabbed him. And it, it, and it really gave him a shift in what faith was all about. It was his claim, God opened up his ears at that right moment to hear that one sentence. And that day things were never the same. After Jesus' question, Peter made that confession, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus made, him a, made a point of telling him that this truth isn't something that Peter worked out for himself. He said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. You see, in our sinful humanity, it gets in the way clouds our understanding of God. I mean, how can we have a relationship with God when we constantly hurt him? How can we have a relationship with God when we forget that he even exists? 
How can we have a relationship with God when we ignore his power and his presence? How can we have a relationship with God when we deny any connection with him by what we say and do? How can we have a relationship with God when we let his word gather dust on the shelf and on our hearts? In other words, a lot of times we're downright awful to him. If we were like that to any of our human friends, they'd, they'd show us the exit right away. And so concerning our relationship with him, we need God's help. God planned from the days of Adam and Eve to send Jesus to make things right, to make things right between himself and us. God closed that gap. He, he made us members of his family in the waters of our baptism. He reaffirms our relationship with him every time we go to the Lord's Supper. Whenever we speak of God, we know uh, as we know him in the Old Testament or see him stretch out on the cross at Calvary. His attitude toward his people is always the same. His commitment and love are always the same. He is determined to establish that relationship with the people who are often unwilling to even acknowledge him. The Bible tells us account after account of God reaching out to people in love. We read about his patience with the people of Israel in the wilderness and his grace toward the thief on the cross. We love God. We believe because God first loved us in Jesus. You know, Christianity is not the adherence to a set of rules or a set of ideas, a philosophy, you might say, that leads to peace, harmony, and inner peace, and good karma. It's a faith and a belief that's expressed in really a way of life, a way of walking with Jesus, that relationship, if you will. You know, Mother Teresa was once asked by a young man why she always talked about this Jesus stuff. Because he said, I'm going to go ahead and work among the poor, just like you. I'm going to do charity work, but without all this baggage of Jesus. And it's said that she responded this way. She said, well, go, go ahead and, and work 20 years. Work a lifetime among the poorest of the poor. Then come back and tell me how you did it. Because I know the only way I've been able to do it is because of Jesus. The reformer Martin Luther also spoke about this outward-looking view of, of serving others in Jesus' name. And he says, But know that to serve God is nothing less than to serve your neighbor and do good to him in love, be it a child, wife, servant, enemy, or friend. He also said, If you find yourself in a work by which you accomplish something good for God or holy or by yourself, but not for your neighbor, uh, neighbor, neighbor alone, then you should know that your work is not a good work. <laughs> Each one ought to live, speak, act, hear, suffer, die in love and service for another. Even for one's enemies, a husband for his wife and children, a wife for her husband, children for their parents, servants for their masters, masters for their servants, rulers for their subjects, subjects for their rulers, and so that one's hand, mouth, eyes, foot, heart, and desire is for the other. These are good Christian works, good in nature. Faith 
faith in action. Faith that is able to do so much more because of our relationship with Jesus. Our faith and understanding of Jesus gives us that ability to be really a doer. A doer not just for a week or a season or a year, but for a lifetime. With the love of Jesus working in us, we're able to do a work that would turn off the bravest of hearts. Who is Who Jesus is makes all the difference. Is he a nice guy that died too soon? Or is he the savior from sin? Is he the Messiah who promises eternity? Is he the vine that nourishes us as his branches? Is he the good shepherd that assures us of his presence? Is he the refuge that gives us strength? Yes, yes he is. And so as we stand around the deathbed of someone we love, Jesus is with us as we try to decide what direction to take and what is the right decision, Jesus is with us. As we struggle with disappointment and guilt and depression, Jesus is with us. As we grieve over the lack of love in our family, Jesus is with us there too. When we struggle, we have an anchor. And by his grace, we are able to say, just like Peter, you are the Christ. You are my Savior. You are my friend. You are my Redeemer. And you make all the difference in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.